This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. As you heard in Bob's News, Health Minister Christine Elliott just announced another measure designed to alleviate the situation with hallway medicine. And this one involves additional beds in a transitional facility for patients leaving the hospital and waiting for long-term care or other alternate levels of care. On Monday, she announced increased funding for a new outpatient treatment that will make surgery unnecessary for some patients. These announcements are coming in dribs and drabs, and it's just as the health minister had to walk back a promise that the premier reiterated just last week when he said that he would end hallway medicine in a year. Now, some patient advocates and unions have their own ideas about how to tackle the problem, and not surprisingly, they are diametrically opposed to what the government has in mind. Now, as I said before the break, I want to hear from you. What are your experiences with hallway medicine? Have you noticed any improvement? Uh, have you had some kind of nightmare when you had to go to emergency either for yourself or with a loved one? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866- 744-740. And joining me now, Natalie Mara, who is the Executive Director of the Ontario Health Coalition, and Miranda Ferrier, who's the President and Founder of the Ontario Personal Support Workers. Ladies, thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having us. Okay, so let us start with Natalie. What we've seen from the government, uh, they seem to be really concentrating on trying to alleviate hallway medicine by doing other things. We've seen transitional beds today, more funding for outpatient treatments. They've talked about a pilot project at South Lake, uh, which will see more home care for patients transitioning out of the hospital. Um, why do you think that's the wrong way to go? Well, the government is, um, you know, saying that they're doing things about hallway medicine, but in truth, in this year's budget, hospital funding is actually declining in real dollar terms. So they're actually cutting hospital funding. And while they're making announcements about these programs and services, um, all of that funding is within the budget amount, which is less in real dollar terms than it was last year. Okay, let's so clarify that. Seeing- Let, let's just let's just clarify that because uh, uh, you have a different take on the numbers than the government, obviously. So they keep talking about the fact that they have actually increased the number, but they haven't increased it uh, um, to the level of inflation. So that's your issue, correct? That's right. So in real dollars, what economists call real dollars, that's inflation adjusted dollars, hospital funding is negative. It's it does not meet inflation. That means hospitals have no choice but to cut services. And so we've been tracking services, service cuts across Ontario, and there are dramatic service cuts in hospitals. Ontario's hospitals already have the fewest beds left 
of any province in Canada by far. We have the fewest nurses per patient, per weighted patient, so that per average patient by far. These are the government's own numbers. So these are not our numbers. They're the official numbers. Um, and, uh, and we have the highest readmission rate in hospitals. And we hear daily at the Health Coalition from people whose loved ones are in hospital. And, you know, they've sent in six people to try and push the family, to push the person out of hospital, even though there's nowhere appropriate for them to go. The family's scared. They can't take care of them at home and so on. Lots of pressure to move people out too frail and not stable enough. And those people end up back in hospital within 30 days, sicker than ever, sometimes with their health compromised forever as a result of you know, too few beds. We have um, emergency departments that are overcrowded. We have people waiting on stretchers and hallways. And the numbers are not down, they're up. I did a major report looking at all of the data when uh, the Drummond Commission did its report, so approximately 10 years ago. At that time, there were 590 people waiting on stretchers every day in Ontario and hallways. Uh, according to the Devlin Commission, that report that came out in January, there are now a 1,000 people waiting every day on stretchers and hallways in Ontario's hospitals. And they're waiting on stretchers not because they have the flu and they're malingering, but because they're sick. They need admission into a bed, and you don't get into a hospital these days in Ontario unless you're very, very sick indeed. Uh, and they can't get into a bed because all the beds are full, because we've cut more beds in this province than anywhere in the country. I, so I, governments I, can talk about other services all they want, but really you're not going to solve hallway medicine without restoring hospital capacity, That's you know, restoring cut hospital beds, reopening the closed wards, etc., uh, I'd like to bring Miranda Ferrier into the conversation at this point, uh, because, again, uh, Natalie, uh, a lot of the patients who are in the beds uh, do not have to be there. They they are alternate level of care, and they simply, as you pointed out, have nowhere to go, but they don't need to be in a hospital, which well, is... Well, that's debatable, Libby. Like, that's not actually, I don't think that's the truth, and I can back that up. But you wanted to bring someone else in on the conversation. I can wait. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I think there have been studies on it, actually. And, and the problem is long-term care. The problem is home care. Uh, no, Miranda? One third of those people are waiting for long-term care beds. The rest are waiting for a different type of hospital bed. So they might be in a surgical bed, but they're waiting for a mental health hospital bed. They might be in a, um, you know, in a surgical or medical bed, but they're waiting for an ICU hospital bed. So the majority of those patients are actually waiting for another type of hospital care. There's a portion, but it's a third that are waiting for long-term care beds. And there are no long-term care beds to put them in. And arguably, Ontario's long-term care homes today are the chronic care and psychogeriatric care hospitals of 15 years ago, but without the care levels. So um, so that's why I'm saying, you know, we're not making it up. Ontario has the fewest hospital beds left in the country and a real crisis in access to care and people are suffering. And to continue to cut hospitals is not going to solve the problem of people waiting on stretchers in hallways for hospital beds that have been shut down. Okay, uh, Miranda, I'd like to know your take on this. Uh, the minister was talking about a pilot project to get people home care so they can leave the hospital. Have you noticed an increase in the availability of home care? 
Um, actually, Libby, we have not noticed any increase in the availability of home care. And even if there was an availability in home care, unfortunately, there aren't the personal support workers on the front line to provide that care. So what we're seeing here is, you know, lots of great initiatives, lots of great ideas, but policies and ideas are not going to fix the problem. We actually have to implement uh, change and one of those things that we need to see is more personal support workers and nurses in the front line in order to provide this care. I mean, I watched uh, Minister Elliott's uh, announcement this morning. It's wonderful that they are more beds for reactivation centers, care centers, in order to flow people from the hospital into that care center, into their homes. It's a great concept. It's a great idea. But if you don't have the frontline staff, to provide that care, which we currently don't, Libby, as I know you're aware of. Mm-hmm. And you know, what, how, are, how is this going to change? It's not going to change. And what has to happen to get more personal support workers? Better pay for them? Better pay, better hours. Um, I mean, one of the things that we hear at the association every single day and our membership, uh, we, we now represent over 35,000 PSWs in the province. Uh, they're screaming for self-regulation. They're screaming for, for some form of recognition. Um, some foundation to grow the profession from. You know, the sad part is, Libby, when we're getting phone calls at the association from schools that are shutting down programs because they're not filling the programs, the PSW program. Um, And so, you know, we have enough PSWs in the province of Ontario to fit the need, but we don't have enough PSWs in the field. So they're leaving the field at a rapid rate because of what you just mentioned. I I don't understand. Sorry. I, yeah, I don't. I don't really understand. You have enough. Well, there are trained. Uh, we estimated approximately one hundred and thirty-five thousand PSWs trained personal support workers in the province of Ontario, and we have currently under uh, sixty thousand working. So there's not enough, and we're losing them rapidly. Okay, I, I want to delve into that a little bit uh, more. Uh, let's take a call from Dave in Brampton. Hi, Dave. Hi. My wife has been in the hospital many times, and each time that we've gone there, uh, we've had to wait hours and hours and hours to get looked at the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's a beds upstairs. It's just that the emergency department in Brampton can't handle the uh, the amount of uh, people that are going in there. Well, that that is for sure. That is apparently the worst spot. Uh, was your yes, wife treated in the hallway? Uh, well, we were in the hallway, and then you get into the department where they actually have the little cubby holes. You're still in the hallway. Uh but uh, a lot of it's got to do with you're not get. My wife didn't have to spend the night. All she had to do was be looked at and sent home. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's sitting there doing nothing. And that's, uh, that, like I say, we were there from before 10 until 8 o'clock the next morning before wow. the doctor finally got in. Wow. Um, I, I'm going to get a comment from Natalie Mayer on that. Thanks for that, Dave. Uh, Natalie, what's your reaction to that? Natalie? Natalie Mara, are you there? Hi, sorry, yes. A lot of the time when people are waiting in um in the emerge, like in the cubby holes or in the uh in the hallways in the emerge department, they're waiting for a consult with a specialist, uh, or they're waiting for a diagnostic test sometimes. Um, and those waits can be extremely long as well. 
Um, and it can be, you know, sometimes the specialist is off doing an emergency surgery and you have to wait for them to finish in order to be able to come or they're seeing a more urgent patient somewhere or they have to be called in, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So it's hard to tell from the outside what was going on at the Brampton Hospital for in the instances in which Dave is talking about his wife having to wait. Um, but it's probably something along those lines. The ones who are waiting for days on stretchers in the hallways, uh, all through the hospital in Emerge, but also in other wards and so on in the hospital, are waiting because there are no beds available. And that is commonplace across Ontario uh, and uh, and in Toronto. Uh, and it's because there are no beds to put them into. Until oh. bed gets cleared out, you can't move the patient in. Well, w- what about the problem that Dave was talking about? I mean, I know that <clears throat> depending on how you're triaged, he said his wife is there a lot and she just needs to be looked at and sent home. Uh, if you're triaged like that, that you probably go to the bottom of the list. But do you see anything that has to be done to reduce those wait times for people who don't necessarily have to be admitted? For sure. I mean, again, it depends on what the issue is. Obviously, if, for instance, I have had... Um, a problem with a heart arrhythmia and had the same thing happen where I've had to wait all night for a consult, you know, at Mount Sinai or wherever for a consult with um, the specialist. And often it will be because the specialist is doing a surgery. They're doing an emergency surgery. And so there's really no, there's no option uh, at that point. There's really not enough of them to have multiple, multiple um, specialists on call uh, every night, and, and, and anyway, it is unreasonable to have to wait sometimes, um, but sometimes it's a wait for a diagnostic test, same kind of thing. The patients are triaged according to medical need, and uh, and so those people who have the highest need go first. Uh, so it depends on what the issue is. Sometimes it's poor management. You know, it's just the hospital is not well organized. Uh, sometimes they have staff shortages and they don't have enough physicians. You know, it depends on really what the problem is as to how to solve it, but it could be any one of those things. But usually when the government is talking about hallway medicine, you know, what they're talking about is the people waiting on stretchers for days to get into a hospital bed because there are no beds. Oh, well, there. I think, uh, especially in Brampton, they're also talking about the people like Dave, who uh, is in the hallway with his wife waiting to be seen. We've been talking to Natalie Mera with the Ontario Health Coalition. She disagrees very much with the province and says that we really need more hospital funding to solve the problem. We're also on the line with Miranda Ferrier from the Personal Support Workers Association. And uh, she's saying, well, you know, doesn't see more home care. And even if there were more dollars for home care, uh, we don't have the personal support workers in place. We're also hearing from you. And so let's go to Bridget in Norfolk County. Hello, Bridget. Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, I just, uh, in my comment to the person that takes the calls, I said that um, a lot of the things that are being proposed today have been tried before in home care. Um, I'm going back to the early to, um, uh, to sort of 2003, 2004, um, I was responsible for 3,500 people over the age of 75 in Simcoe County. And we had people who were 
um, quote, receiving hallway medicine. In those days, it was called like bed blockers, mainly as, as my responsibility was for people over 75, um, decided to do a project with the Collingwood Hospital. Um, so met with the emergency department and looked at their um, list of people who had come to emergency, picked out the over 75s, and uh, found that the people who were bed blockers were mainly um, from chronic diseases, for example, congestive heart failure, that sort of thing. A lot of these people would come into hospital because A, they lived alone, um, B, they didn't have any neighbors to call on, and if we take an example of winter, they would stay in the hallway for three days, um, feel, you know, I mean, just the same as they did when they came in, except they'd probably been taking their medications regularly. Okay, and sorry, I, we're starting to run out of time. So did yeah. did it work? Did, yes, did it your, did work, yeah. And you gave them more home care? We gave them actually more personal support work, and we did what we called in those days front-end load. So they had more personal support work as soon as they came out of hospital um, and then tailored it off. Um, to the end of their their length of stay on home care, if you like. We looked at alternatives in the community. Sometimes people ended up having to pay for some of that personal support work. Um, Sometimes they didn't. It was just that, you know, so often old people are shoved into a hallway um, in a hospital and basically they're, they're, they're sort of got back on their feet minimally um, and as I said, you know, they're dumped off by taxi at five o'clock in the morning. And yep. there was just, what were they to do? The fridge was full of rotten food. Well, uh, it's, it, I think, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no. we, we have about a, a minute left. You know, one of the things about our system that is actually quite annoying is that we are fantastic at pilot projects. But mm-hmm. when they work, they aren't scaled up. And and I think, uh, you know, what you're talking about has been shown to work. There's another pilot project with South Lake Hospital on yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. That was in, in you know, we, we dealt with or we liaised with uh, South Lake Hospital. That was one of our big hospitals that yeah. we went into. And so, so I think that's part of the problem. They try something, it works, and and instead of keeping up with the home care, you're saying you're tailor, you're tapering people off. Where they're just going to get into the same situation no, no, again. No, 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 no. You, don't, you don't get my point. We tapered the uh, personal support work off, but we also had nursing going in to teach the person about congestive heart failure because they didn't. We had a. a you know, a red, yellow, and, and green chart that was very simple for the for the person to look at, because there's so little teaching by anybody these days about disease that people have. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I we no really are out of time now. Yeah, Bridget, I'd love to take the conversation up another time. We're obviously going to do this topic again. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, uh, we have like less than a minute left. Uh, Natalie Mara, what would you like to leave us with? 30 seconds. Well, we have increased home care dramatically in Ontario since the years that Bridget is talking about. In fact, home care has grown by 5% for, you know, 15 years uh, in Ontario. Hospitals, on the other hand, have been cut steadily for 30 years. Uh, And at this point, home care is an important service, but it's not going to replace 
what is currently being cut in hospitals. And the fact that people are waiting on stretchers and hallways to get into a hospital bed, into an acute care hospital bed, is not going to be relieved without providing more of those beds. We are now at the bottom of Canada. By far, we're 14,000 beds short of the average of the other provinces because we have cut so many hospital beds in this province. Okay. And people are suffering. Okay. And uh, Miranda, 20 seconds. <laughs> I just wanted to say that, you know, a lot of the initiatives that the Ontario government are putting forward are very positive, but they need to start looking at their front line and their frontline staff. And I agree with Natalie. There has been a 5% increase in home care in the past uh, decade or so. But unless we have the workers, it's not going to work. Okay. Thank you both. Miranda Ferrier from uh, the Ontario Personal Support Workers Association and Natalie Mara from the Ontario Health Coalition. And obviously, hallway medicine, this is something that we are going to be talking about again. And people, if I couldn't get to your calls, Free For All Friday is coming up and we can talk then. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.